Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. I'm joined by my guest today, Joshua Harper and Chris Coger of Spooky Bell Games. Welcome. Hey, always to be on Logar. Thank you. <laughs> it's good Thanks to have us. I guess we'll let's 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 talk about what's going on right now. You all have something that is going to be or that is crowdfunding by the time this goes live. Could you tell us about what we're looking at here? I believe it's for Cyborg. Absolutely. Uh, so Zine Quest Five is upon us. We're in the middle of it right now, uh, and Josh and I have been working on a cyborg adventure uh, called the Hard Light Dynamic. Uh, kind of mashes up our love of cyberpunk stuff along with kind of our love of psychedelic horror and acid horror mm -hmm. um, and kind of bending reality and messing with our players. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you about psychedelic horror. <laughs> it's not, I haven't, I don't know. Are there any psychedelic horror films that I might look at? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would uh, recommend Suspiria as a great starting oh, point. Yeah. Uh, that's like a, a classic psychedelic horror film. Another one that a lot of people uh, cite, Eraserhead. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's definitely a genre I'm familiar with. All three. Oh, oh three, I say three, but there's two Suspirias. All three of those films I've seen, of the yeah. two you've mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's great. So yeah, that's definitely a genre that piques my interest. Uh, I'd like to play Suspiria, the role-playing game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you... Though I've played Cyborg just recently. Uh, I'd like to play it more. I really... I liked it. It's neat. It, the person who ran it doesn't usually run games for our group, and it, it seemed to run really smooth as a system. It wasn't like anything holding back, so I'd like to know a little bit more about why you chose to do this with Cyborg specifically, and maybe give us some insight on that. So for me, when I was writing this and, and sitting down to figure out what I want to write, I like to think about what my group is going to play. Mm -hmm. And Cyborg and Morkborg, uh, this is, I hadn't run Cyborg yet, but Morkborg was a huge hit for them because, you know, they're a group, they played some D&D, &D, but they bounced around from, you know, from D&D from &D to a lot of like one sheets, like lasers and feelings to even a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse. And so this was an easy game for them to wrap their heads around. You know, it was just a single, usually like hitting DR12. So with Morkborg being a success, I thought Cyborg would be like a natural thing to play around with them with. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they loved it. And so we, I was like, I got to write an adventure for it. It's, it's an interesting little section of the game world going on right now. Cause you have Morkborg, you have Cyborg. Now we have like Vast Grim, uh, Pirate Borg. And it seems like this is kind of growing this base of Morkborg and what, what has spawned. So and I, I know, uh, Chris, you're not a stranger to Morkborg as well. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Beyond Deep, the Morkborg adventure that we did, we just delivered the PDF to backers, and uh, the physical copies should be out in the next month. Uh, Josh also has worked on Markboard projects before, mm -hmm. uh, so you know we have that background. And uh, I mean, it's a great system, you know. And and Cyborg really is too. The the lean core mechanics are uh, are really easy for players to grok and you know for DMs to get a hold of. But there's enough meat there to really feel like you're doing something with them. Uh, plus, you know, Free League puts out just a killer third-party license. They love their, you know, third-party creators mm -hmm. and writers and stuff, too. So they make it really easy for us to put out cool stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I am a 
pretty big free league fan. I'm very impressed with most of what they put out. My my most recent free league acquisition was the uh, the Death in Space, and there's some good stuff in there. But I, I'm going to change this, and I'd like to talk specifically about the hard light dynamic. What would someone expect in backing the hard light dynamic that they're going to be getting out of this? Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll hop in first. So hard light dynamic is uh, a zine. You know, it's digest size. It's going to be full color throughout, though, so we can really make use of those arts and those spreads. Uh, and it's going to give you a toolbox and an adventure. So we kind of went about it by creating a, a core experience. goes through kind of the story of this heist to either destroy or kill or steal or uh, release this uh, kind of doomed AI at the bottom of the hard light dynamic research building. And hard light dynamics known for its hard light, that kind of physical light, as well as these perfect fractals, you know, that they've developed that are kind of starting to bend reality and people's perceptions. And so the further down that you go, the more weird and screwed up everything around you gets and things start repeating, things that were there aren't there anymore. Uh, and stuff just kind of gets real weird. So you'll have the tools to run all that, plus a bunch of cool tables and you know other things to make it different every time you go through it. Yeah, we we I, something that I, was important to me in this process uh, that Chris and I went back and forth a lot on was trying to figure out a way to really get the aesthetic down but also in a game format that was still true to those OSR mechanics, mm -hmm. you know, that were you know, the kind of play and find out mentality. And so uh, we, we put together some really cool encounters and some items that I think really play with, uh, with that aesthetic that still stay true to, like I said, the OSR sensibilities. So I, I'd be curious to hear about some of those, those items and encounters and perhaps what make maybe some elements that make it unique and why people will be like, Oh yeah, that's the one I need to check out. <laughs> I think the one that I go to in my head that I think is really fun is early on, I had the ideas inspired by Treasures of the Troll King. There's a, a hunting party in there that you can encounter. That's like an encounter in there. I was like, that's such a cool encounter. And it's so simple. And I thought, is, what would be... Hmm? Is that the Chris Bissett one that you're talking about, Treasures of the Troll King? Yeah. Case? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's a wonderful. I recommend checking it out. Um it's great to read. So I was looking, thinking like, that's such a cool encounter. It's so simple. Like, you know, what are some cool ways you could play with that kind of idea and theme? And so one thing I really liked was, you know, encountering some bounty hunters that are on the same mission. Mm -hmm. um, and there's different levels at which you can encounter them. So, right, like depending on what reality looks like, you know, as you're experiencing it, um, you know, their reactions can change per se, you know, and, and and the encounter in which you find them in, right, is very much influenced by their environment. So how they react, how you react, you know, what that looks like is, I think, a really fun encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's some tools in there for you to play around with, you know, the weirdness of the world within that. Yeah. One of the uh, other things you might encounter at some point in time is yourself. Oh. And how do you deal with encountering yourself in the middle of all this weirdness and madness? So I, I, I'm curious to hear more about that, because if I encountered myself, I have a feeling things would get strange and, and awkward. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, so it might it might be a glimpse, it might be a, a full on thing. And that's what's fun, right, is you try to create an experience in a moment, and then you put it in the book, and you give a couple tools. And that way, when your players hit it, or when you're running this game, 
you can really let anything happen. You know, it's just about giving people that moment to be like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, okay. And then it can play out however you need to, you know, vibing off of your players and stuff. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the setting and the, the cyberpunk aspect and, and things like that here. Uh, like we've already mentioned a few films that kind of ex- inspired that, but I'd like to know a little bit more maybe about some of the further inspirations behind this and what we're going for maybe stuff that you're into that like oh yeah that's really like like kind of my thing that's kind of helping drive this things like that i'd be curious to know more about that kind of the mindset what's behind it (laughs) uh one of the things i thought was really interesting like thematically going into this and we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show is actually ai art so this was originally starting as like a way to play around it originally conceived when mid-journey had just dropped and uh, playing around with AI art, seeing, you know, like, uh, you know, drawing on elements of that um, and how that would look like in like a cyberpunk world um, and media that like I would say uh, inspires like that cyberpunk. I think a classic for me is always Ghost in the Shell. Standalone Complex for sure is my favorite. Um, you know what? You know what? I, I have watched very little anime in my lifetime, but I have seen the Ghost in the Shell original movie, so I am very familiar with that one. So it, often when uh, that stuff gets brought up, I'm lost, but I know what you're talking about this time. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> interrupt there. Yeah, no, no it, it's such a such a classic uh, touchstone. I feel like though is a very much like for me, like when I think of cyberpunk, just a very much a the first thing that comes to my head is is the old Ghost in the Shell and. Like I said, standalone complex is also, I think, really good. I would highly recommend it. I mean, there's a ton of stuff, you know. The uh, Annihilation was a touch point, kind of with some of the weird horror things. Uh, we talk about Ghost in the Shell. We talk a little bit about Edge Runners, uh, the newest uh, Netflix cyberpunk, you know, anime. Also, I have a bunch of William Gibson, you know, books behind me right now. So it's a bunch of touch points. Yeah, someone just suggested the Edge Runner uh, to me. I need to, I think I might need to check that one out because this is not the first time I'm hearing about it. So I'm like, oh, maybe I need to check this out and see what's going on there. So when it comes to uh, gameplay and, and playing out the adventure you've made, I mean, have you done many test runs of it? Have you run it through your tables? And, and if so, I'd be curious to know a little bit about how that plays out in game, how it's gone, and what you th- what their thoughts are of what you've already done with it. <laughs> uh, as far as playtesting goes, uh, we I did, I started with like a big playtest session mm-hmm. and it was a, a big watershed moment for me just remembering how important playtesting is because I, I went through it and it was a ton of fun, but it was, you know, very eye-opening for me as well as like, well, what worked in the adventure and what is something that I can translate into a book for someone? Mm-hmm. And so we went through this big whole playtest session. We really dug into the adventure. And then afterwards I sat down with Chris and I was like, Chris, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about some stuff. I want to work. I want to rework a lot of this stuff. So we like, you know, the story is right. Like that Chris and I, we, we had this big whiteboard, wiped it all clean and, you know, went through and redid a whole bunch of stuff, but you know, it, it was a big revision, but I think it was a really fun part of the process. It was one of my favorite parts for sure is when you take all the good ideas and you know, go through the playtesting process and just find what the real gems are and, and what you really like about the adventure. Yeah, I mean, everybody has that saying, right? I talked to Jeff Jones and coming from an engineering standpoint, you know, he'll be like, 
hey, why doesn't it work? I, I, I worked it up on the computer and it looked great, you know, and then it gets out into the mm -hmm. real world and it doesn't do what you want, you know, or, or, or every plan, you know, lasts only until it hits combat and then, you know, all the shit hits the fan and it falls apart, <laughs> you know, so, so playtesting is great for that because that was a fun moment or like, how we do it? And it's like, we're probably like 85, 90% there. Let's start working on this. And then, uh, you know, Josh is like, so can we like rewrite a lot of this actually <laughs> so i'd like to hear about some of that what, what was what kind of things happened during the play test that made you think oh okay i don't necessarily want this i do want this what made it stand out as like this would work better in the book or at the table i'm curious to know some of that for sure there were some elements that um you know like i said earlier on when we were playing around with it trying to figure out where that line is for um, what's too on rails and what's, you know, leaving it up to the player decision. So finding a lot of stuff like that was important in that play test was like finding out, okay, so this works, you know, this left players confused, you know, didn't really know how to approach it. Let's try, you know, we tried some of these things and then there was some stuff we freestyled that, you know, I, I liked um, some of it. I didn't like um, trying to think of like some specifics. Um, there were some items I was really happy with, but I was like, man, I gotta rework some of these stats. <laughs> <laughs> like some of these, there's some stuff I'll talk about that was, uh, it was originally like, it was going to be, like I said, more art themed. Um, there's going to be like, uh, the hard light was going to be the, the visual aspect. There's going to be some audio aspects. So I thought it'd be cool to play around with like three dimensional sound. That was, I thought, like a, a really, a really fun thing. And, and the players never encountered it because I realized, oh my goodness, it's just not, <laughs> not, not, not really conducive to the adventure I was trying to, that I wanted, that I wanted to create. So, you know, some of that stuff, we cut it out, which I, I plan to return to at some point. You know, I think it's still, like I said, fun, but you know, it just didn't fit the vibe, didn't fit the theme and, and was just not as into the player experience as I think I wanted it to be. Well, I think that's interesting what you say about uh, three dimensional sound. The only time I think I've ever actually seen three dimensional sound would be under the influence of LSD watching it crawl up the wall. So, like, <laughs> I'd, I'd like you to expand on that a little bit more. <laughs> I thought I thought it'd be cool if you had I called it the soundscape like a room where there was like an AI in there that you know was in control of the sound and it could like you could feel it moving around you as it spoke or as it you know asked you for help and assistance and you know had you complete tasks uh, i thought that'd be a fun way to play with you know what players are experiencing and uh also sound can be like a scary thing sometimes i'd like to ask about the kickstarter itself what folks can expect we decided to keep it very clean and simple um you can go in and back it as a pdf you can go in and back it and you get the pdf and the physical book or you can back it get the pdf a physical book and a deck of cards that has all the items and stuff in it uh, and that's 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 the end. No, no real crazy stretch goals. No, you know, 10 different levels of all these combinations. We wanted it to be really clear. You know, this is what we have coming out. Uh, and that way you can make that decision. Could you tell the folks at home where they can find both of you online, where they can follow you and get updates on what you're up to and, and check you out? I'm on the internet as Joshua, J-O-S-H-W-U-A-H 13. So that's where folks can find me usually on social media uh, or on, on Twitter and Instagram mainly. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at C-J-K-O-G-E-R, C-J Koger uh, on Twitter. And I think I have my link tree there linked with all the Spooky Bell. If you look up Spooky Bell games also, 
on pretty much any social media you can find this. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming by. It's been great, great getting a chance to talk to y'all. Yeah, it's, all, it's a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always good, man. I appreciate you having us on. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is my blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We can really support patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.